Welcome to episode 68. Have you dedicated your life to the relationship you thought was forever and it is now over? Have you forgotten who you are? Do you feel lost? Then this episode is for you. As a full-time mom, Joanna Munson had let her own interests take a back seat as she focused on the kids and their needs. In the last five years, she had blossomed beyond her wildest dreams. She learned that it is just fine to put herself first and take every opportunity to grow. Joanna is a highly practical yet deeply spiritual entrepreneur whose soul-centered leadership brings you peace of mind through end-of-life planning. She got into this field after the end of her 20-year marriage and has found great joy in living her purpose. Joanna has been a single mom for past 10 years to two kids. Thank you for reviewing, downloading, and subscribing to our podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now be the messenger of hope and share this episode with one of your friends. Enjoy this conversation with Joanna. How would you like to master your mind to transform your life, overcome anxiety, trauma, doubt, and suffering to win daily and enjoy a life of confidence, peace, and freedom? This is your unique opportunity to work directly one-on-one with me in a breakthrough coaching. If you are interested, you can check out the link below and schedule your 45-minute discovery session to see if we are a fit. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest is Joanna Munson. She is a highly practical yet deeply spiritual entrepreneur whose soul-centered leadership brings you peace of mind through end-of-life planning. She got into this field after the end of her 20-year marriage and has found great joy in living her purpose. Joanna has been a single mom for past 10 years to two kids. Welcome, Joanna. It is a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Irina. It's just an honor to um, share this time with you. Thank you. So please share with us your story how did you became a single mom yeah well i never imagined that i would be a single mom when i got married uh, in 1992 i guess and um, i thought we wanted the same things i wanted to be a full-time mom and my husband was a uh, army captain and you know that to me that meant security it meant uh, that we had a, a plan to go forward. And um, growing up, I had never really thought that I would be a, a full-time mom. Uh, but as I went through college and graduate school and then started working, uh, it really just came became clear to me that um, being a mom was really, really important. Um, my childhood was not very happy. Um, and I wanted to give kids a happy childhood because I knew I had friends who had quote unquote happy 
childhoods and thought I knew what that looked like. Um, and to me, it meant having a mom be at home all the time. And so um, we got married. Um, I, I worked for a year, a couple of years, and then we had our son and um, I stayed at home with him. Uh, and we had a daughter a couple of years later. And uh, I worked part time when she was um, little. But then once we moved out to the West Coast, where I am now, um, I was able to to not work. And you know, my husband was great. He was commuting uh, on the ferry every day. Um, and our life seemed to be going really, really well. Uh, and then probably about 10, 15 years into the marriage, uh, we started just kind of drifting apart and our communication was never very good. Uh, and he wasn't comfortable with anger. I wasn't comfortable with anger. Uh, he expressed it sometimes, I never did. So there was a lot of, of um, just suppression of, of emotions, feelings. He played piano, so he let all his uh, emotions out banging on the piano. Um, and I was very involved with the kids. My daughter uh, was a ballet dancer. And so spent hours at the studio sewing costumes, uh, creating that um, special connection with her. Uh, my son was into marching band. And so I supported him in, in that pursuit. And, you know, we, we did that for our kids and my husband was more than willing to help them help, you know, pay for lessons, you know, thousands of dollars every year. Um, and, you know, they're doing great. My daughter just finished her first year of medical school. My son's off in Taiwan as an engineer with, you know, semiconductor company. So all that pays off, right? Uh, but in the process, I lost myself. Um, I had no idea who I was. Um, and so uh, actually my husband was the one who said, I can't do this anymore. I was so suppressing my feelings that um, I just, you know, said, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue, I'm gonna maintain the status quo. I'm not gonna do any challenges to it. I know I'm not, I didn't really know that I wasn't happy, um, but I was just like, okay, I can't imagine any other life than this. Um, and so it was a shock when right after Christmas, he said, I don't think I can be in this marriage anymore. Yeah, and so uh, I, we tried one or two therapy sessions, but it was obvious that he um, just wasn't interested in, in pursuing it. And, so he moved out, uh, left me with full custody of the kids. Um, they were in eighth and 11th grade at that point. Um, and, you know, it was like, okay, I've, I've been basically a single parent uh, for the last five or six years anyway. This is really nothing new because um, I hadn't had a whole lot of emotional and physical, you know, company support, companionship support. It was more just the financial. Um, and so they didn't really go see him because he had moved back over to Seattle and they didn't, you know, their life was on the island on Bainbridge Island and uh, they didn't want to go spend weekends with him because they couldn't, they really couldn't because of their activities. Um, and it was uncomfortable for him, for me to be with him. So I didn't want him over at the house. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, looking back, you know, I can't believe that I let him off <laughs> in that way. 
<laughs> and it certainly wasn't good for their relationship. Um, they have a they have very good relationships now that they're you know ten years down the road. So. so, what were some of the challenges you faced? Well, so I, being a stay-at-home mom, I had not developed any sort of career. I actually have a master's in teaching Japanese. <laughs> um, I lived in Japan for five years uh, in college and after, and so I love the language and the culture. And I had taught briefly at a, uh, at, even at the college level, but those opportunities were, were not available out here. Um, so I didn't have any way to support myself um, that you know, made <laughs> that I could do right away. Um, so finding that path was was really challenging. Um, I love education and that's what I've ended up doing, becoming an end of life educator, navigator as I call it. Um, and so that was one challenge, finding, you know, finding my passion, finding my calling, I suppressed all this, um, spirituality and the need for deep connection um, other than with my kids and you know once they left for college um, you know I was I was on my own um, so that was another challenge and oh my gosh the dating world <laughs> uh, yeah I dated three alcoholics in a row yeah, um, that codependence is kicked in right away. Um, and yeah, so that was definitely a challenge. And I, um, I'm still, you know, I have really, really good friends, but I, right now I don't feel the need for a full-time relationship. My ideal is to have a partner who has his own place. I've got my own place. We, you know, do things together, but yeah, I'm not sure I can go into that full-time commitment again. Um, yeah, and so that, I think those are the two biggest challenges. Right. Yeah, the, the, definitely. I, I can uh, in a similar situation in terms of finding my identity. Although I did have a career and a job, and but uh, I didn't know who I was, and also suppressed my emotions as well. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to be uh, quiet for the sake of peace. I didn't want to cause any trouble. Exactly. Exactly. I but know. It's, it's, do that, we, you lose ourselves in the process. Well, yeah. And I ended up with colon cancer at age 50. Oh, because, and I do believe that it's because I, I pushed down the anger, the um, even the joy. I mean, when you can't feel the extreme emotions or the so-called bad emotions, you can't feel the good ones either. Um, and it's got to go somewhere. And if it doesn't come out of the body, you know, it's going to stay in. Um, so luckily it was just stage one and I just had a, had surgery. I didn't have to go through chemo or radiation. Um, but boy, was that a lesson. <laughs> so yeah, let it out, let it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's important to release the emotions. So true, because they yeah. they stay in the body and they cause all sorts of trouble. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Serena, jumping back here real quick. In a single moment, your whole life can change. Will you choose to fight it or invite it? Sacred Surrender is a new book I recently co-authored. 
What does surrender mean for you? Do you believe that you came here on purpose? Do you believe that you are here to be part of something bigger? To remember the path that leads to your divinity, wholeness and destiny? May these stories remind you that life is always happening for you. If you like to get your copy and read my story, check out the link in episode notes. What did you, what kind of advice can you give to your younger self? Uh, well, that's the first thing is um, to find ways to express your emotions. I grew up in a family that did not um, express them. New parents from the New England area. And so um, we didn't have deep conversation. We, well, yeah, no, we didn't have deep conversations. Um, they were very supportive, um, but um, I never heard I love you. I never said I love you um, until I was 18 and leaving for college. Um, and so that's number one, I think, is to just tell um, communication, tell yourself you love yourself, you know, find ways to get that through your head that, you know, we are lovable people, right? Um, to, uh, you know, be courageous and tell your partner that this isn't working, um, you know, for me. And I'll always use I statements, right? I, I feel this, I'm thinking this, not you're making me feel this, right? Because really nobody can make us feel anything. We, we do have that choice. I know it sounds out of um, <laughs> the realm of possibility, but yeah, we are in control of our thoughts. And, and so um, it's been a huge journey of personal growth the last 10 years. And I, you know, I don't want to be with him again. Um, and so I guess the advice would be to to communicate, to um, really sit with your feelings and journal, right? I'm, I'm not a great journaler, but if, I don't know, talk them out, sing them out, write them out, whatever way you to get them out of your body, um, because then you get perspective and it really does open up space in the brain um, to be more creative, to reach for the stars, to do what you really are meant to do in this world. It totally, totally resonates with me. For me, it was singing that allowed me to open my voice and be able to sing what I couldn't speak after my breakup and after suppressing the emotions and feelings and not speaking up. And also, mm -hmm. those masters allowed me to become comfortable with being uncomfortable and also opened up my voice. And journaling is also an important, I think, part mm -hmm. because we get to unburden our mind. Yeah, yeah. Clarity that we often missing because we have so many thoughts. Somebody did a study like how a woman thinks and a man thinks and when mm -hmm. they compartmentalize things and women yeah. are all over like. Bim, 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 bim. I know some of the things we say to ourselves. Would you say that to a friend? No, no way, right? We forget we can be our own bigger, biggest punisher for. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's it's so not right um, and not necessary. So, how did you uncover, you know, that you wanted to be the end of life advisor? Yeah, well, um, so 
my spirituality began at a very early age and that really is what has led me to this work because uh, there, there's so much to learn um, from contemplating our end of life, believe it or not. Um, it's a way to be much more present. It's a way to feel gratitude and it's a way to connect. Um, I didn't grow up in any religion and other than nature. And at the time I didn't think of it as a, as a spirituality, as religion. Um, so I had, my best friend was Mormon and I went to church with her. And then in high school, my best friends were Catholic. So I would go to mass with them. Uh, I moved to Japan and got deep into Buddhism and Shinto. And so, yeah, this world of spirituality is just fascinating to me. Uh, I married a Catholic and actually converted. Um, so that, that ritual of the mass just, uh, it still, still touches me. Uh, even though I, I no longer consider myself Catholic. Um, and so um, nurturing my kids is part of it. Uh, the, the master's in teaching is part of it. Um, after the divorce, I uh, got a um, certificate as a life coach. And so I've been coaching for seven or eight years now. Um, I had to take a break from that and went into the school system to teach workshops uh, on de-escalation, which is amazing, amazing work to, to share with teachers. Um, and then COVID happened and so I could no longer um, go around to be in schools. And um, in 2019, my dad was at the end of his life and he went on hospice um, and through that experience, I, I came to see that death can be um, a way to connect. It can be beautiful. Um, he had a death doula. Uh, we had hired this wonderful woman from Seattle and she came over and helped us as he was getting towards the end of his life and set up this just sacred space for him to live out his last days in. Um, and the power of that, the peace that he felt and that we felt. Um, I contrast that to how my mom died. She had a diagnosis of leukemia five weeks from diagnosis to death. And she spent all of that in the hospital um, having chemo, ended up in the ICU. One day we were visiting her in her hospital room. The next morning they called us and said, she's in ICU. Um, we had never really talked about this possibility that she wouldn't come home. Uh, and so I, uh, you know, for 15 years, that has felt so heavy, whereas it's been three years since my dad died and uh, it's just not heavy. It doesn't carry that weight because we talked, because we planned. Uh, he told me all of his, his wishes, what mattered to him. He had, did end up living in assisted living for the last two years, um, but and you know, as a daughter, that was really hard to have to say, yeah, it's time. Uh, I can't manage being a, a um, working person and being your caregiver. Uh, so just again, um, stand, being able to finally being able to stand up <laughs> for myself and say, no, this is, you know, I'm, I can't turn my life over to you, but I'm here to support you. Luckily, he had the funds to be able to afford that. Anyway, so it's like all these pieces of my life have just come together um, that lead me to this, this perfect spot of supporting others, educating them. Uh, I have a Facebook group called the End of Life Lounge, 
and uh, it's a private group, but anybody is welcome to join. You can search for that. And we talk about these things, um, what, what it's like to be in the sandwich generation, we call it, where you have um, you know, young kids or teenagers on the one hand and uh, aging parents on the other. You're trying to keep your life, your marriage, your, um, you know, your own self uh, career going. Uh, and it's really, really challenging. Um, and I also offer um, coaching packages where we go through and make sure that people have their, um, of course, their will and their advanced directive in place. Uh, but also it's, it's so much more than that where we need to accept the fact that we are temporarily in these bodies, right? Everybody is going to, to die at some point, 100% success rate with that. Um, these recent incidents with the school shootings and the mass shootings, oh, I just, you know, I'm used to talking about death, but these are just absolutely heartbreaking and there's no way to be okay with that. Um, there, I think we have to take care of ourselves, whether that's, um, you know, reaching out to others, crying, screaming, getting angry, right? Feel those feelings. Um, and then use that energy to, um, you know, get together with others and make progress towards changing our society. So we're supporting people who have mental health. We're, you know, making it much more difficult to, to get access to weapons. And um, yeah, that's, it's been a, a tough week that in that sense, but, um, you know, again, it's reality. We all, we all will leave our bodies. I think it's incredible how you, you know, put different pieces of I know. what even happened to you and you discovered that this is what you want to be doing. And yeah. The, when you were growing up, did you have a dream of becoming somebody? You know, in eighth grade, I wanted to be a mathematician. I cannot believe <laughs> right now that that I wanted to do that. Um, I really think it, it was to love fully. And that happened as a mom, definitely. Uh, it didn't happen in my marriage. Um, and now I can be fully present for myself and for my clients and that you know, I develop these relationships that are ongoing because we connect over this, you know, starting the process. Um, but I want to do this work with people when they are healthy, not when it's a crisis situation, because when it comes to a crisis and your loved ones don't know what to do, they don't have a roadmap. Um, yeah. It's, it makes it so much worse. And so then when something like that does happen, I'm still available to um, ask questions, to you know, get support. I work with people all over um, the North American continent. But I think you did take a little piece, mathematician, you wanted to be a teacher, so you had- This is true, yes. Education has always been important and I come from educators on both sides of my family. So. It's right in there. What do you think is the most important trait to instill in a child? Uh, I got to go back to that, feel your feelings, right? Um, often, you know, it's like, it'll be okay, don't worry. 
you know, we, we don't let them express them fully. We, we try not to, I mean, we don't want them to feel pain, right? We want to take care of them. Um, but if they can't learn to feel the highs and the lows and everything in between, um, they're going to dampen down their lives. And that's the last thing that we want for them. We want them to not have to go through all this um, angst of, of finding out who they are. And, you know, everybody's going to take detours. That's, that's just how life is. Um, but I look at my daughter and she's wanted to be a doctor since she was a, a senior in high school. And six years later, she's finishing her first year of med school and she's even getting a PhD, you know, so this is eight years of school. She loves school. Um, my son, you know, didn't really know what he wanted to do. Uh, he also took Japanese, he went to China and now he's living in Taiwan. So, you know, he's, he obviously feels like he can express himself and, and it's just, oh, it's, it's wonderful. So feel your feelings, help your kids feel their feelings. I think it's awesome and it's also important yeah. to be able to articulate because oftentimes we can't express our feelings and maybe feeling no, no. it's putting it into words and letting other people know how you feel. Yeah, yeah. There's this wonderful um, diagram called the Wheel of Feelings. Um, just look it up on the internet. It's this beautiful rainbow of um, you know different rings of, of feelings and um, it can really help a child to be able to point to a word once they're able to read and just say, oh, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. You know, so wheel of feelings. <laughs> my, my son is very good at that. He would always let you know how he's feeling. There'll be no guessing. Well, congratulations to you, Irina, for <laughs> making that possible. <laughs> it is. You, you open the space for him. <laughs> What do you want to be remembered by? Uh, um, love. Yeah, um, that there's is that you know the human condition is um, is beautiful and and challenging and the only way through it is to love. Love it. Love is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> about uh, we also previously spoken with you before the podcast and we talked about identity what do you think is why is it important to find your identity uh, i guess to experiment um the i never would have guessed when i was growing up in florida that i would end up living in japan for five years um you know um and that came about just because um, at my grandmother's house in Boston, she had some postcards from the snow festival in Hokkaido. Um, they had had Japanese um, doctors stay in their um, you know, garage apartment. And so the beautiful handmade Japanese things. Um, and somehow that just caught my something in my soul, I think. And so uh, yeah, just be willing to to follow your intuition. Um, we spend a lot of time with the thoughts in our head. So if you can just get out of your head, um, sit in your belly area and just think what brings you happiness, what makes you feel fully alive, 
uh, for me, yeah, the education is, is a through line for sure. Um, the spirituality is a through line. Um, and, you know, with the, the changes in, in work situations because of the pandemic, there's so many possibilities for how to create your own business. Um, you don't necessarily have to work for, for a company anymore. And the, um, you know, you'll have so much more uh, energy for it and passion and just life will be full of joy. You know, even though I deal with, with death every day, um, it, it feeds me. I, I love working with, uh, with the elderly. I love um, helping families uh, get through these difficult conversations. Um, and so it's, it's a cliche, I think, you know, follow your joy, follow your bliss. I don't really like that so much as just feel what, um, what matters to you and find a way to um, create a life using that. I love it, I love it. I think we're all creators and every day we get to create our life. Yeah, yeah. We have a paintbrush that we can create our own. Yeah, beautiful image, yeah. We yeah. don't have to be a carbon copy of somebody else or what? No, no, that's impossible, right? We're Every every single one of us is unique and beautiful. Yes, I love it. Thank you. If people would like to, is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to share? Oh well, so what's important when your um, when your relationship breaks up in terms of end of life planning is I'm sorry, but you have to redo your will. Um, you do not want your you know most wills are set up so that parent that um if one dies the other gets everything um and if depending on your relationship after the divorce um you may not want that to happen right <laughs> and so it's not just the will it's any financial investments you have make sure that the beneficiaries get changed um yeah, so there's there's a lot that needs to be done, and I know there's paperwork involved in a divorce is can feel overwhelming, um, and just make sure that that the the will is changed or the trust is changed, and also um, you'll need a, the advance directive, especially if there are children involved, because you know they're not going to be able to take care of you, make those decisions. Um, so what I do with my clients is develop this, what we call circle of caring, making sure that you have people around you, other adults who will be there to support you, to take over. You know, if you are suddenly in the hospital, you've got kids coming home from school, who's going to be there, right? Um, and making sure that that's, that's all in place. So um, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, if people would like to connect with you and find out more about what you do, where would they go? Yeah, so uh, I think it, you'll put in the show notes the link to my website. Um, my about page has uh, information, videos, um, lots of, of materials, and I really, really would love to have people join the End of Life Lounge Facebook group. Um, I do weekly live uh, talks there and share all kinds of information that I come across. Uh, I offer workshops. And so if you have an organization that would benefit from having these conversations, I do legacy workshops, um, uh, 
how to have the conversations, how to stop procrastinating. <laughs> There's a few, you know, about nine or 10 workshops that I have to offer. And I'm also on LinkedIn. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Any final words? What advice would you give to single parents who are just stepping onto that path of single parenting? Uh, remember to breathe. Right? Um, I remember just feeling such anxiety. Uh, the anxiety was awful um, for years after the divorce ended because I didn't know how I was going to support myself and worried about the effect on the kids and didn't know who I was yet. Um, there are many breathing techniques, but one of the simplest is um, just breathe in twice, hold for two seconds, breathe out twice, hold for two seconds. And I'd heard that it was breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four. But that breathe in twice really makes you more conscious of it. You can't just breathe in and then let your thoughts spiral out. So you have to breathe in twice and then hold, breathe out twice. And um, that just, it brings you back into your body, out of your head. <laughs> yeah, I think breathing is important. And sometimes we take it for granted. We don't even know. And they have school, whole schools on how to breathe. And it's, how to uh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating, yeah. Take a breath. Yes. Go and take a breath, remember? <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story, your wisdom, your challenges and things you overcome. It was a pleasure to have you. Oh, Rivina, it's been such a joy. And uh, yeah, your um, the work you do is so inspiring to yeah get us into a better place. And we all need to continue to grow. And you're such a huge inspiration for that. Thank you. Thank you. If you like this episode, please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love mindset and support for relationships where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again because life after divorce is possible and can even be great if no one told you today i want you to know that i love you and believe in you because you are limitless